This is Matt Wells at UN News. This past week in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, violent protests have targeted the UN peacekeeping mission there, MONUSCO. Three UN Blue Helmets have been killed, along with demonstrators who've called on the force to do more to protect communities from the many armed groups that roam the mineral-rich east of the vast country. It's a deeply worrying situation, but as MONUSCO number no. 2, Kasim Diagne, explains to UN News's Daniel Johnson, every effort's being made to restore calm and investigate the killings. This morning on the ground, the situation is evolving positively. Once again, we have to be very cautious because there's still a lot of tension in the air. But so far, you know, as of this morning, the reports are all pointing to the direction of a return to normalcy. Now, there are two or three events we are following, including the burial of the victims, which is usually the time when people vent their frustrations. But so far, the situation is generally calm. Maybe you could describe the status of the investigation into the live rounds that were fired by MONUSCO peacekeepers during the demonstrations. Well, in relation to the investigation, since there were reports or accusations that we fired at the demonstration, we agreed with the government on Tuesday when we had a meeting with the prime minister that it is absolutely essential to get to the bottom of it. So we have availed our expertise, uh, essentially our police expertise, together with the government's investigators to look into this into details, because from the bullets that are unfortunately in the bodies of the victims, we can determine what who fired and with which rounds and which ammunitions. So as I speak, we should have the legal experts as well as the medical team heading to Goma this morning to work with the authorities. Now, of course, the demonstrations, as you said, were initially as part of a sort of wider protest, you know, call for MONUSCO to depart. Now, we have to distinguish between what we call peaceful protesters, and we have that every day in front of our gates, you know, people talking to us, trying to constructively see what we do, how we can improve. But clearly, those you saw on the street on Monday and Tuesday, for us, they came to loot, and we cannot entertain that type of thing. And that's also what the government is doing to calling for people to stop the violence, because you would agree with me that we cannot have valid interlocutors in people calling for violence. I understand that. And of course, there can be no excuse for the violence, the pillaging, the torching of residences, and indeed the killing of three UN personnel so far, along with protesters too. So why is it that you think that the Congolese people want the UN peacekeeping mission to leave? You are there. And let's remember your mandate from the Security Council in 2010 was to protect civilians from these many armed groups that are still roaming and also work closely with the government on peace building. So what is it you think that the community is trying to tell you at the moment? By the way, we have never departed from that mandate. It's very clear that we are here to support the national authorities who have a primary responsibility for the protection of their citizens. So we're bringing the resources, the expertise, and the know-how to support the authorities. It is a tall order. DRC, Eastern DRC, is flooded with dozens of armed groups. And of course, it's not only the skill situation, it's also the frustration accumulated with lack of livelihoods, the dire humanitarian situation, as you said, lack of governance and state institutions are weak, impunity is still prevalent. So all of this constitute a very explosive, if you are, device. Now, 
we are on the front line. We have, of course, the troops on the ground. So people see us. We are the first ones on the line with the government. So I can understand. And of course, we are the first one to recognize that we need to do more to fast track this. But we do have also a transition plan with the government agreed and certain activities that we have to implement. So I think it's also important to communicate and we will do that. We will continue to improve on what exactly this mandate is about and what is it not about. So things we can do, things we cannot do. To give you a very quick example, when we mean protection of civilians is that in the recent fighting against the M23, we let the government take the lead to go on the offensive and then we guarantee the rear bases and that is part of the protection strategies. So if we deplete our resources and you know concentrate all our resources on the front line, then there are lots of urban centers, villages that are not protected. So that's also part of the strategy. Maybe we need to communicate this better, but again, there is a lot of frustration. Indeed, there is frustration, but that's also a part of a comprehensive frustration which MONUSCO is part of. Of course, we are the most visible So it's quite a difficult challenge. Thank you for explaining the difficulties of your work. And of course, the Democratic Republic of the Congo is a vast country. You're in the mineral-rich East, as you say, which perhaps explains why there are so many of these armed groups. You mentioned the M23. There are plenty of others. Is the situation finally deteriorating? Is there hope, basically? I think that's what people are looking for, isn't it? Indeed. I am personally an optimist. I think what is important here to remember is that there is a political will by the authorities. At least the engagement that we have on a daily basis shows that that they want to do something about it. So again, the impatience of the population is quite understandable because, you know, these armed groups are roaming around, killing every day. And um, there are lots of places where actually we have been able to deter these offensive uh, from the armed groups. Now, it will require a lot of work. And again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a challenge. It's a very complex situation. What I'm saying is that there is a political will by the authorities. The engagement is there. We do have a plan. And I think it's just a matter of making sure that we devote the necessary resources and move on. But it's a tall order.